our frameworks are not very aligned with the uh, change that we are experiencing as an industry, right? So I think they need to be also very application-centric, product-centric as well. Howdy, y'all, and welcome to the Cyber Ranch Podcast. That's Nipin Gupta, a friend of mine all the way over in London and a veteran of our industry. Nipin has worked for the big four. He's been a practitioner of a large European bank, and he has also been a vendor. As with most of my other guests, he is also an advisor and an angel investor. Specifically, he advises for bearer security. We are talking about what it is that we are actually protecting in cybersecurity, in this profession of ours. We're getting into some nuances and trying to dig below the surface here. It's a great conversation, and I think you will enjoy listening in. Nippon, thank you so much for coming on down to the ranch. Alan, I'm a big fan of this podcast and super happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you, sir. Welcome to the Cyber Ranch Podcast, recorded under the big blue skies of Texas, where one CISO explores the cybersecurity landscape with the help of friends and experts. Here's your host, Alan Alford, President and CISO at Alan Alford Consulting. All right, I posted on LinkedIn recently uh, that I thought our main purpose as cybersecurity folks was to protect people and data. That was my stab at it. And a lot of CISOs jumped in and said that our main purpose was to manage the risks to the business's mission, protect top and bottom line, do some other thing that was directly related to being a business-forward CISO. Now, I am a business-forward CISO, and I think all that we talk about technology, for example, should take a backseat to business concerns, but I was really uncomfortable when it came to prioritizing the business over people when it came to our actual official stated mission. I have said before that ours is a noble calling, uh, I think the people aspect of what we do is part of what makes it noble. And the data piece I see is directly related to the business mission. So a phrase like protect data to ensure that the business's mission is fulfilled is a great answer to that question. But I've always kind of, um, I've kind of ultimately said that protecting data and people is mission one and doing it in a way that benefits the top and bottom line of the business is more the purpose or the rule set that dictates how we protect data and people. So I'm kind of curious, what's your take? Is it business? Is it people? Is it data? What are we protecting? It's interesting to talk about people, uh, especially in the context of what's going around at this time. And for context, everyone, this is January 2023. We are in the middle of probably the biggest tech layoffs of our generation, hopefully. And, uh, you know, a lot of security teams are affected by this as well. And uh, this is happening at the same time when we talk about we don't have enough talent in the industry. It's hard to fill security jobs. Um, so it's it's very uh, you know interesting to see how this all plays out and how protected do these businesses are, uh, especially in the near future, uh, as they don't have enough uh, people to protect them. Um, so I think I take a very puritanical, engineering-driven approach to this problem. Um, you know, I think if you're able to protect the data. Um, the source of truth of what you're trying to protect is easy, right? Now, then it becomes all about how you spin it, uh, how you communicate it. Even if you're breached, if you're able to confidently say that my data is protected, I think most regulatory bodies will end up leaving you alone with probably a slap on the wrist, right? Don't okay. quote me on that. But that's kind of <laughs> where my thought process goes. And and absolutely, I think protecting the people and the data go hand in hand. Because if people's data is protected, people are protected on the internet uh, to a large extent. Ignoring the cyber stalking and, and all the ugly 
uh, stuff that happens on on the social networks or or you know something that is a spear phishing attack uh, that's going to where my my head goes okay all right so so protecting the business's top and bottom line the business's mission to you is like to me it's it's a it's a rule set it's something we want to do it's like guardrails we want to be within as we do what we do but what we ultimately do is protect data and protect people. So I think I think we're in the same boat on this one. Is that what I'm hearing? That is correct. I think business protection is, you know, something that's a vision, right? The mission should always be as a security team, what you can actually protect. So understanding what needs to be protected and then protecting it effectively, reporting around it, communications around it. I think that's what your job is as a security okay. team. And then effectively, what else is business looking for, right? Like when a big breach happens, when uh, you hear about something that affected other companies as well, uh, first question the board will ultimately ask you is, uh, how bad are we affected by this, right? right? And and right. if your data is protected, then I think you have less to worry about. You can confidently say, we are good. Right on. Okay. So I think one of the things we all struggle with in the business of cybersecurity is getting buy-in from our constituency, from the other folks in the business whose primary mission is not cybersecurity. And one way I have found to rope these folks in is to help them uh, see that the risks they face personally are the same ones that the business faces that we're trying to resolve. In other words, um, I I know some vendors make uh, at-home versions of their software available for free or at a steep discount for home use of employees. That's one example. Uh, I, I don't want to name names, but I, I worked with a vendor that the EDR solution, they literally were like, yeah, for this super low rate, you're, you're, all your employees can use this same EDR at home. And it was this brilliant way to show them, like, protecting the business, protecting you, it's all the same thing, because to your point, what we're really protecting is the data. And... Um, I know things like phishing uh, affect individuals as well. So I'm always trying to include these sorts of cybersecurity awarenesses uh, that impact folks' individual lives and their at-home lives too. So if we want to engage the the rest of the folks in the business, the ones who are not cybersecurity practitioners, and we want to show them that by themselves as people, they are at risk just like the business is. In other words, what I'm doing to protect the business might sometimes annoy you, but but this is protecting you as well. Like, What are some good tips you've got for showing people Hey, we're protecting you, not just the business. This is a very exciting proposition in front of all the security teams right now. How do you gain the uh, you know partnership, the confidence of the individual as well as that you know business team, organization unit um, that that you're trying to partner with? Um, as, as you correctly said, password managers, uh, yeah. you know, endpoint security tools. They have done a great job because they move seamlessly between B2B and B2C um, yes. as the industry has evolved. So um, you could see that a, a consumer uh, can benefit equally from you know their product that that a business can, right? So um, and I think that's that's a great way, right? So as a CISO or as a security team who is trying to partner, um, you know. Offering that uh, opportunity to your uh, colleagues uh, globally, you know, especially um, if, if you are that kind of a company, uh, would be great, right? And, and I think that uh, is a free security awareness training in itself, right? There so you go. <laughs> I think you don't need to worry about t- taking the checkbox, but automatically everybody will start to listen to you more because suddenly you offered something that was practical, that was useful. Um, you know, who doesn't want their computers protected from malicious attackers, right? Who doesn't want their 
passwords to be easy to manage, right? These are the two examples that I have come up with, but uh, I'm sure there are more. Um, what are some of the tips that that I would give? I think, uh, you know, we have traditionally relied on fear, uncertainty, and doubt uh, as, as, as an industry uh, to highlight uh, the risks that one might face. And I think that the time of that is is going very, very quickly, right? So we cannot continue to hope that what happens to others is something we can easily, um, you know, take lessons from and uh, use it as a justification for uh, a high budget or a headcount request or, you know, leverage for partnership and for people to listen to us. I think we need to be a lot more contextual. So if as a security leader, you're able to show that, um, you know, risk can impact a business and then impact my uh, business unit effectively. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. drawing that uh, graph is is where uh, I think the most analytical, the most uh, logical thinkers would go. Uh, but I know not everybody is like that. So I think uh, it's, it's a bit of uh, a balancing act. So you have to communicate that effectively with data. Uh, but also show them how their organization unit is equally affected if the business is affected, be it right. the health of the business, right? Or be it directly you know, impacting what they want to achieve uh, because right. of, a, of a breach that they're not able to, um, you know, indirectly as well. Yeah, I, li- I like that. I like that a lot. All right, so let's pivot back to that data perspective. Mm-hmm. If it's a focal point for us and our mission is that we must protect the business, right? Our, our, our purpose is to protect data. Our rules and guide set is protect the business and, and the business's needs and outcomes. Then we are left with the task of collating the data to the business mission, right? So this is not to me the same thing as a risk register. A risk register to me is like a risk to business mission kind of a mapping. So this is a data to business mapping. Um, how do we do that? Should risk registers be data centric? Is there some other method or methodology? How do we map data to business? I think that's a very, very, very interesting question because in the last three to five years, we have seen uh, adoption slash uh, regulation to really increase in data protection, data privacy, data security space, mm-hmm. uh, primarily because uh, what regulators are seeing is how to protect um, the nations, the industries, uh, the consumers um, globally, uh, as a lot of the interactions, a lot of the transactions, a lot of the commerce comes online, right? So uh, be it GDPR, be it CCPA for California, and I'm mm-hmm. sure other states in the US, uh, and I have heard very similar um, regulations uh, you know, driven in, in Singapore and in other parts of APAC as well. So we see slowly the entire global regulation um, increasing in, in this space, right? So yeah. I think that is easily uh, something you can map uh, you know, down to the specific data that is relevant for you to protect, that is relevant for you to secure. Um, and, and that's where probably the easiest starting point is for everyone. Uh, whoever is affected uh, by these regulations. And then, um, you know, as you go about threat modeling exercises, um, you know, you will find what your crown jewels are. And then those are always important for you to protect because you don't want to end up uh, on on the, uh, you know, uh, blog uh, of uh, Krebs or right. <laughs> on some other influential media outlet um, where your security was affected, impacted, 
and and you know your ability to protect your consumers your customers your um your business is is questioned mhm mhm so how far do we need to go to protect data so this is very interesting and i think specifically how far as an industry we have understood how to report on data protection uh, right we have also created these controls that uh, employees have to deal with and i say deal with in air quotes here because um, i don't love these products right that impact my day to day business operation workflow and uh, you know ultimately the smart you know, attackers know how to get around these right so uh, you know this this balance need to be needs to be struck uh, you know going forward vendors please do that and uh, you know i think as the transformation of a lot of product development has happened over the last you know 5 to 10 years i see every company is a product company now right yeah um even consulting companies are developing products because they realize that uh, everybody likes to get a lot of data delivered to them with fancy saas tools and dashboards and and i think this is where uh, the achilles heels lies right so since we have suddenly created a huge engineering dependency on on what these products are going to look like what we haven't run is uh, balance that with proper developer security training security controls at the earliest uh, points of our development life cycle everything is all about agile i should know i'm a product manager and right, i right. know how fast we need to deliver these features new products new updates and enhancements uh, for our customers because because you know they wanted it yesterday right so uh, at, at the same time i think when it comes to data protection a lot i would say majority of uh, you know product teams are not being very careful because they just has haven't seen the right kind of tooling that they can adopt and not break their workflows right um anything in security is going to slow engineering down i think at this point it's a very yeah. um well understood truth uh and fact uh, but but at the same time i think um we continue to see the old age uh you know dlps in large organizations that only address a part of the attack surface probably from the machine to the uh, uh you know uh, user but not anything that goes earlier in the stages of software development life cycle so when we think about data security especially uh, you know when we work with uh, uh, organizations and customers and prospects uh, as i advise our company bearer um we have seen that earlier you go in the software development life cycle easier it is you reduce yeah. the idea of creating a huge technical debt next time when a gdpr audit happens next right. time when your soc 2 reporting happens you already have these controls in place that your developers are starting to adopt and and what happens as a result is your developers are now getting trained to be more secure developers be yeah. already conscious of what these data security choices you're making um and and privacy sensitive data is already being protected so yeah. uh i think that's how far i we need to go um so wherever data stores are however they're being used in the product uh, the the attack surface is minimized for attackers because that's how they're going to uh, first understand what your products are going to expose Tr- truly shifting left and i know shift left is one of those cliched phrases now in our industry but it that's what you're describing is is truly truly getting it all the way back there on that side 
uh, before before it's in production, you know, shift it left. Yeah, because, uh, you know, as an industry, we have created a lot of tools to um, monitor the data security when yeah. we are in production, right? So I think that's great. At least we are able to understand how attackers are uh, you know, compromising our applications, mm-hmm. how, uh, you know, different vulnerabilities uh, could impact us and then we can, you know, secure them. But I think what we haven't done is uh, take a lesson and put that element of the food feedback loop uh, right at the beginning of, of this uh, process, right? And, and I think there is the... Uh, post-production monitoring and the pre-production monitoring and yeah. solutioning. I think we have we have to shift towards the pre-production monitoring mindset as well as you know our engineering teams develop more product. It's funny you say that because it's it, you're talking about left, but you're also talking about monitoring, right? Mm-hmm. Which to me is super key. This is you know I gave a talk at RSA last year on this idea that identify protect is an early stage focus. And detect, respond, recover becomes your focus as you mature your program for several reasons. One, identify, protect. You sort of kind of, once you've done that, you've kind of done that, right? But two is um, the best way to test your mechanisms, the best way to test the strength of your situation is get those shields up and then hammer on them, right? Like breach and attack simulation, purple teaming, these kinds of activities. This is how you strengthen your program once you've done the initial wave of identify, protect. So shift left, but focus on monitoring to me like, is perfectly in line with that with that philosophy. Yeah, I think uh, you bring up a good point. When I see NIST cybersecurity framework or MITRE attack uh, tactic technique, um, I always think of them in a very network or infrastructure oriented manner. Maybe yeah, that's yeah. me <laughs> coming from a, a veteran security background and experience where um, networks were the ones that needed to be protected. And, and I don't know, maybe if that's the majority of the security uh, professionals out there or not, but our, our frameworks are not very aligned with the uh, change that we are experiencing as an industry, yeah. right? So yeah. I think they need to be also very application-centric, product-centric um, as well. So yeah, identify, protect. I always think of identifying the IP address that is malicious, right? Right, right. <laughs> or protecting uh, my endpoint or protecting my crown jewel uh, database or something, right? That's yeah, always yeah, yeah, yeah. where my head goes the minute yeah. you say that. Yeah, I get that. I get that. And people always forget that identify is supposed to inc- be inclusive of the risks too. Correct. That the risk register is part of identify, right? So so let's pivot back to the people side of this. We talked about how to equate data to the business mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about, uh, you said threat modeling. You talked about regulatory drivers, all kind of feeding your classification and identification schema. So what about mapping people to the business mission? Is that even doable? Uh, is is this is this the nature of why I'm kind of uncomfortable with this? Am I protecting people or am I protecting the business's mission? Like that conflict, may, maybe these two can't be bridged. What what are your tips on how to you know what are, what are your ideas on how we bridge that? I think for people, what matters is uh, well, there are two types of people that he, that we're talking about here. One is your colleagues, your employees, you know, your team members, and then. Uh, the other people are the customers, you know, the clients, uh, the ecosystem that is external to the company, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and I think for for both of these types of people, relevant data protection solutions 
need to be put in place so that they feel comfortable you know doing business with you or continuing right. to be uh you know in a capacity of uh uh, trustworthy operation with you, yeah, or, or or just being an employee with your, you know, over here in the states, your social security number and these things on file by your business, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you know, I think we we have all dealt with the kind of monopolies we can't, um, you know, uh, let go of, <laughs> like uh, some of these credit reporting bureaus, and uh, you know, we we can't really question their security practices, even though. They have been breached multiple times, sometimes more publicly right. than others. So, and, uh, you know, the, we still can't leave uh, them uh, alone or we can't just have an, a realistic option. But there are a lot of other companies where consumers do or customers do have a very realistic option because they don't find you trustworthy. Right. Yeah. And and I think this is something that the, a business would always worry about, would always need to, um, you know, keep in mind as they protect the people that they are working with. Right now, be it employees, personal health data, be it employees, personally identifiable information. I think these are the very basic pieces of uh, data that need to be added to the schema. But I think okay. I would go much uh, ahead and, and go into protecting them from uh, phishing, you know, builds that level of trust. Uh, if you see your brand is being abused externally and people are reaching out on your behalf, you know, creating threat intelligence uh, logic for that. Um, so you you know what is happening. You can inform them in advance. You are very sensitive to whenever this happens, right? Uh, even though you have nothing to do with it directly, right? I think uh, th- these are the things that the modern day, uh, you know, security teams can can practice as they yeah. think of protecting the people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, so that's how we convince the people um, that that they're mapped to the business. How do we convince the business that protecting people is mapped to protecting its interests? Pivot. Oh, that's a tough Sw- one. <laughs> Switch that question completely. So, hey, business, you have to protect your people because protecting the people is protecting yourself and and your business mission. And I guess for like customer data, I think I think that one's kind of obvious, right? Obvious, like yeah. you know, if if you're collecting tons and tons of customer data, you obviously don't want to be the company that got breached and gave up the customer data. Um, is it in the business interest in any meaningful way to say, you know, we don't want a leak of the employees' social security numbers and and those kinds of things? I I will tell you this, geez, 20 years ago now. I worked at a company where somebody in HR fell for a CEO impersonation mm-hmm. and literally sent the name, address, phone number, salary, and social security number of every single North American employee out the door to somebody in Nigeria. <laughs> and the business saw this as a problem. Um, after the fact, obviously, like the business was like, whoa, this is not good. So the business had to put forth the whole identity credit protection and da 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 you know, two years worth for every employee, et cetera, et cetera. The, the person who did it resigned. Um, but proactively, before all that occurs, how do we tell the business, hey, protecting people is in your interest. It's, it's part of your business mission. I think these examples are great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we, we start with these examples where, uh, you know, you not having you know security awareness or you having limited security awareness and uh, and uh, a security awareness response playbook right uh-huh. i think that that is something we don't have in the industry today like how do you deal with these text messages that impersonate your ceo or something right right okay reporting someone reporting that text message is part of the deal but also what signifies a legit message, right? Those yeah, protocols yeah, yeah. need to be put in place. Um, and I think this is this is something that one 
security awareness training needs to invest in right so i think that's the that's the content i've not seen from a lot of the security awareness training vendors um, yeah. that uh, you know it makes it very contextual makes it very relevant for uh, the the employees uh, and, and then uh, going back to the pieces of uh, regulation gdpr is is a real like fine uh, uh, and uh, very clear cost to the business if uh-huh, they are not uh-huh. in compliance right so yep. uh, you know this is something that every business and uh, organizational unit who is relevant for processing managing developing products that you know, deal with this data need to be aware of and and i think uh, as the maturity of an organization grows uh, they realize this is part of their job and and they do it but this is totally uh, something to be highlighted Um, yeah. So, so creating that security awareness response and management playbook uh, for for the company, but also uh, the uh, you know elements in the training and and finally uh, the regulatory drivers. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. So we have thus far avoided talking about technology per se. We've talked about data. We've mm-hmm. talked about people. We've talked about the business mission, the top line, the bottom line. Um, But if my model is going to be challenged, perhaps we should challenge the role of technology. I said it goes last. Uh, should technology be referenced as a primary factor in our mission statement as as security people? Yes. Okay. How so? Uh, there are some pieces of technology. No matter you change the logo or the name, they will always be core parts of our day to day operations in in. Uh, in an an organization that you work for be it uh, me giving you a call uh, be it me uh, texting you or slacking you or zooming with you um, you know emailing you i think we're not going to let them go away so we 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 need to highlight these critical technology pieces as part of our mission statement how do we protect them and how we're going to protect the data um that is uh, of those people that we talked about um okay. to to make them comfortable right and and it's totally a critical part of our mission statement right now as to technology in the sense of do we need to talk about a specific vendor uh, or type yeah. of vendor yeah, yeah. I, i i think less so right uh, we we are living in a very dynamic market where a vendor that is relevant today is not going to be around like 10 years right. later or it's right. maybe not going to be relevant for for a problem that is like super high priority today right, right. so i think uh, you know not necessarily those names of the vendor uh, but but definitely the category the product um, you know the the use cases they need to be uh, core parts of our uh, mission statements in, in, in the security. So it occurs to me, I was just thinking of one of the other phrases we use is reduce risk to our stakeholders, right? Mm-hmm. And if you go with that definition, that's inclusive of all of it. That's inclusive of the business and their mission. That's inclusive of the people, the employees, the investors, the board, uh, the customers, right? Stakeholders is technically all those folks, right? Like maybe that's a nice tidy way to sum it up when we talk about the people piece of it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh but I think we have to uh, spell it out as well because uh, to me stakeholders would be just uh, you know my customers, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I think uh, for everybody who's reading the statement they need to understand that uh, stakeholders for the company uh, means stakeholders for you, right? So yeah, 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 uh, yeah. they need to understand exactly who they are. And look, uh, like it's not everybody everybody's not accountable for securing right. uh the company's like 
crown jewels and right. these right. people's data, right? But uh, what what it is is just creating that culture of awareness and uh, that security data security driven mindset. Um, yeah. That that whatever action you're taking uh, that could potentially compromise that data that is relevant to the stakeholders of the business uh, is important to protect, right? Yeah. Um, one thing I actually forgot to mention in the last uh, discussion we had around technology, I think also a lot of the protection of the data that is relevant for growing businesses today is directly relevant to what technology, what product they are developing, right? I think yeah. this this is something that uh, we often don't take into account. We think of population of our employees, but not necessarily engineers, not necessarily mm-hmm. developers, right? Uh, we have to always include that technology mindset or that technology protection uh, from a data-centric perspective, um, you know, in, in our mission statements. Otherwise, developers yeah. don't even bother or engineers right. don't even bother with right. you know, whatever you're saying. Right. They need to be included as data creators, right? Correct. Like- Correct. It's not just as data owners and stakeholders, but but as data creators. That's an important distinction. Data users, data creators, yes. data managers. Yep. Data stewards. Let's Correct. let's go with the CISSP definitions, <laughs> right, or the or the CISM definitions. All right. So you know my LinkedIn bio, my my actual bio. If you look at my name and my title, and then underneath is the little bio. My first two lines are: uh, I get it done, and I make friends along the way. Right. And Chris Tillett uh, over at Palo Alto Networks, he's a friend of the show. He jumped on my thread on LinkedIn and he said, my focus as a vendor is to help my customers manage the risk to their business in the most pleasant way possible, right? And and I think both of us are putting sort of a people forward um, guardrails, rule set type thing, if, if you will. It's almost back to that whole, we're here to protect the business, but you better darn well be nice to people doing it. It's almost an inversion of what we talked about, where you can put the business mission first. If you say, treat people decently, make friends, be pleasant as kind of the guardrails, is that is that maybe enough? You know, I'm, And I'm hammering on this, on this original question we started with. It's an interesting perspective. Uh, and it may differ based on uh, whose flag are you bearing today? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because of the expected, um, you know, communication style from different parts of the ecosystem. Right. Uh-huh. Y- you as a CISO are expected to have a risk driven and risk management mindset. Right? Yes. Uh, you as a vendor are expected to have a customer first mindset. Right. <laughs> right. So I think uh, that is probably where, uh, you know, some of these comments were coming from as a yeah. vendor. I certainly understand where, where some of this lies, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But, but I think uh, going back to, is it about the business? Is it about the data? Is it about the people? I, I think for every company, the answer could be different. And, okay. uh, you know, okay. but like if you are a CISO who is, or a security leader who is able to um, make a case that is, you know, logical uh, with enough amount of control, uh, that you can implement uh, on the security of your company. I think this is where uh, you can start with the data and you know people, and then eventually, if you report and you communicate, you're protecting the business. I love it. I love it. Okay, that's that's, that's probably the best answer and the best summary to this whole conversation. I think you nailed it. I was going to ask you to summarize, but you just did. I think you nailed it. So Nippon, thank you so much for coming on down to the ranch. Thank you, listeners. Y'all be good now. Thank you, Alan. I'll be expecting my cowboy hat. <laughs>